Hello, we are live. New episode, Sprint Ride Option Podcast, part of the Blue Wire Hustle Network. I am Andrew Pasquini, Jason Aponte to my right, and today we are talking linebackers. Jason, uh, how was how was your weekend, though? It's Monday. We haven't recorded on a Monday since maybe the season ended. It's been a while, so how was your weekend? It was good. It was relaxing. Uh, got some time to prepare for the storm that's about to start tomorrow with training camp opening and uh you know i'm flying out thursday so it was a good uh good relaxing time good relaxing i'm I'm glad to hear i you know this is usually where i like crack a joke about a certain baseball team you like but i'm i'm gonna withhold from that yeah i'm gonna withhold from that because yeah not great uh we'll just we'll just transition straight into the linebackers from there let's just Uh, talk about a real sport (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Jordan catering to Jordan, who's in the chat. I see. Uh, yeah, so 49ers, the linebackers running off of what they have on their website. Uh, we've, we've run into some issues with that. Uh, Fred Warner, Dre Greenlaw, Aziz Al Shair got it right this week. Demetrius Flanagan, Fowles, Jonas Griffin, James Burgess Jr., Justin Hilliard, Elijah Sullivan. Jason, we'll start with the, just the first question. Broad, broad answer. It, that, whatever you want to give me. What's the outlook for this position? Are we worried about the depth? Uh, is the top end good enough to just make us not worry about the depth? Give us the the overrun or the overview of the, of the 49ers linebackers. Yeah, you know, uh, obviously if something happens to Fred Warner, that's not what you want. It's That's a famous, uh, what is it? It's an Aaron Boone quote, I believe. Uh, that's not what you want. Like after the game's over and they lose and they get their heads pounded in, it's – yeah, that's not what you want. Yeah, thanks. Uh, appreciate that. Um, but yeah, I mean, any any team, if they lost their starting linebackers, I don't think anybody really has the depth to really, you know, just say, oh, we'll be fine. So, I mean, I guess to answer your question, you never want to see any sort of injury, but uh, you have to be excited with Warner. You have to be excited with a possible jump from Dre Greenlaw again this year. And, uh, you know, I see that uh, Jordan's in here. So we got to put some respect on Demetrius Flanagan Foles uh, because he's running the hive. But uh, yeah, you know, with... Uh, with the way that this defense goes, you know, there's also a possibility that you could see um, Hufanga take some some will linebacker snaps if needed. That's just the mm-hmm. way, you know, it's, it's pretty much closer to the way the game's being played about, you know, converted safeties become linebackers and things like that. So, um, you know, obviously you never want injuries. You could probably say that about a million other positions mm-hmm. on this team and everybody else's team pretty much for their positions. But yeah, I mean, they're top heavy right now with, with uh, the best in the game and he's locked up and and Drake Greenlaw is ascending, and hopefully he takes that that leap, and and they can become that duo that was uh, similar to Willis and Bowman. I mean, I'm not going to put those lofty expectations on there, but I'm just talking about like one and two, you know, yeah. being solid and, and set up. So um, with linebacker, I have very little to to really you know sleep at uh, you know lose sleep over. You know, I'm much more concerned with cornerback depth than I am linebacker depth. Yeah, I mean, especially when you have a guy like Fred Warner who's never missed it. And that was a question I was going to ask, Jordan. So good good job picking up on that. Uh, yeah, linebacker, I mean, they're so good at the top end. I mean, you have the best linebacker in the game, uh, Fred Warner. You have Dre Greenlaw, who inconsistent at times. I think that's a fair way to put it. Uh, but he is definitely trending in the right direction. Uh, Aziz Alshair has, has been there. Obviously, uh, Demetrius Flanagan Foles, we, we can't not talk about him. James Burgess Jr., he's been around the league. This is going to be his fifth team in five years. Uh, started with the Browns, went to the Dolphins, Jets, Packers, now the Niners. So he 
has experience with different all types of different defenses, all that fun stuff. Uh, I was going to ask about all pro Fred first, but since Jordan does want to talk about Dre Greenlaw, where because because I feel like that's been a topic of conversation, kind of what Dre Greenlaw actually is, how good he is. Obviously, the Niners view him highly. They move off of Quan Alexander to get him more snaps. Where would you rank if we're tearing off the linebackers in the NFL? Where would you you put uh, Dre Greenlaw? Average, above average, below average, well above average, things like that. Where, what area would you have Dre Greenlaw? I mean, uh, the the home run me wants to say you know great, but I believe that he's above average at this point. You know, last year he did take a little bit of a step back, and everybody always wants to cite uh, broken tackles. Right. That he never he never loses any tackles, but took some poor angles at times. And, you know, that that's going to come. That's growing pains. And and a lot of that has to do with the with the losses on the defense. And, you know, on, it, when you lose somebody up front then it cascades all the way through the defense. So I'm not going to kill him for that or anything like that. Like, uh, you know, you see in the comments, um, people are asking about, you know, Rich Madrid's take on it. And um, I think that I think that. Uh, all right. So with, with with Twitter, there's no context in a tweet. Right. Yes. Only because you only have a certain amount of characters. So what I think is what, what Rich tried to say was is that he took a bit of a step back last year. But that doesn't mean that he won't improve or anything like that. And it doesn't necessarily mean he's overrated. I wouldn't say he's overrated. You know, it's just it's it's OK for people to say, hey, he has to improve on certain things. He has to do things a little bit better. And there's nothing wrong with that. So I would say that right now he's above average with a chance to be something very special if he can add more, a little bit more into the run game because, you know, he's good in coverage. Um, but yeah, I'm not really too worried about Greenlaw. I think that, you know, once the defense as a whole is there and there's uh, no injuries, then that has an effect on everybody. And I think that people are downplaying that portion of it because everybody points to that Seattle game, but the 49ers were getting whipped. Everybody played badly in that game. Everyone basically, mm-hmm. except for like Brandon Ayuk. <laughs> that was like literally the only, and, 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 yeah. and Kittle, like, you know, it, that was a really rough game for everybody. So yeah, you know, it, it's okay to say that, hey, Dre Greenlaw has to do some some improving while still, you know, also maintaining that, yeah, this is his second year and uh, he's definitely not overrated. I feel like our fan base at times, every player on our team is the greatest in the world mm-hmm. and they're the best, you know, like, like you know, I've, I've seen people say that Warner and Greenlaw are the best one-two in the league. Let's not go that far, but that doesn't mean that that's not something that can happen. But uh, yeah, I, I believe that our fan base does a really good job of overrating players at a time so hyping i guess maybe that's guys. what yeah pretty much yeah we'll pretty go much. Hyping that's, that's a better guys. way to put it that's a better way yeah to yeah and, and like obviously like when you're a player like dre greenlaw who has a play that that instantly we recognize as as the trademark two play of, them. of his career two, two of, of them, them. yeah because the interception in the uh i'm assuming you're referring to the interception in the first seattle game um you, you know, we, we tend to – I mean, we were ready to put him in the, the 49ers Hall of Fame after that second Seahawks game. Uh, I, I I also believe he took a step back. Um, you know, I, obviously the missed tackle stat is a thing. With linebacker, just like defensive backs, stats only tell you so much. You actually have to watch the tape, watch the games, all that stuff to understand what their response – and. I mean, I'm not even saying it's easy because if I were to watch Dre Greenlaw on tape, I wouldn't even fully understand what he's doing. Linebacker's a tough position to understand and break down, and I don't think you could just look at the stats because we could look at Fred Warner's rookie year and see, hey, he had 124 tackles. Wow, he had an amazing year. But you can go back and look at some things. I think if I remember correctly, pass coverage was iffy with him his rookie year. If I remember correctly, I could be way wrong on that. Um th- there's a lot of nuance going on with the linebacker position and stats aren't going to tell all. 
And if I could correlate that with somebody who usually leads the league in tackles, um, somebody Blake Martinez, right? Blake mm-hmm. Martinez moved from Green Bay to, to to the Giants. But a lot of that had to do with a lot of tackle opportunities that you had. And and when you watch him, sometimes he's lost in running. So I'm in run game. So it's it's really weird to to just correlate tackles to just saying, hey, look, yeah. this guy's amazing. You have to think about, hey, the, the front part of that defense is also letting that through so he can actually get tackles. Good on him for getting to the ball. That's definitely a talent, and that's something that he should he should be happy about. But to say, oh, look at all these tackles. Okay, yeah. now he's this, this, and this. No, you have to understand what's going on right there. And Blake Martinez, you know, for the Giants, when you can point to last year's game against the, the Niners, that man was, like, running around, spinning around, trying to figure out where the ball was, and, and that's usually how you catch him at times. But he does have a high amount of tackles. So it's hard to just say, hey, tackles are the mm-hmm. end-all, be-all. Yeah, no, there's linebackers, man. They got to do a lot. I, I'm not jealous of how hard that job is because you got to be a little bit of everything. And I mean, for a player like Fred Warner, you got to be a little bit of a quarterback as well uh, because you're out there playing the calls, reading the, the offense, all that fun stuff. Oh, uh, yeah, tackle for loss is a veteran to hate under just tackle. I, that was a st- I, I chose to go extreme with, with uh, Fred Warner there with his rookie year. Uh, but speaking of Fred Warner, Jason. Um, mm-hmm. He, we Niner fans obviously see him as the the best linebacker in the NFL, and whether that is true or not, you know we'll find out here in a couple of weeks. Uh, he is all pro, Fred. What what makes him built different, right? Like what what makes him better than the average or even above average linebacker? What are the little things that you've noticed when you watch him? Well, first of all, let me point out a take that was floating around Twitter once uh, Fred Warner signed his deal. Um, I forget the guy's name, um, Frisco, Josh, something like that, Hermsmeyer. I don't know how to say his name. So he says, wow, that's a terrible deal for the 49ers, and they should feel yes. bad because you don't pay middle linebackers. Okay, now here's the argument. Here's why you pay Fred Warner as opposed to just any old middle linebacker. He cites that the middle of the field is something that can easily be covered, and you can find that with any middle linebacker. Okay, fine. You have your little you have your little template of how you want to gauge things. The yeah. difference is, and someone else pointed out, when there's a three by one on his side, that that doesn't mean that he's covering the third receiver. You, you understand? Like if, if the Tennessee Titans are there, okay, uh, on the left side you've got AJ Brown. In the middle you've got let's say Josh Reynolds, and on your third is Julio Jones. Well, guess who's who's equipped to take care of him and at least cover him in a way where you can feel you don't want to do that all the time. Put Fred yes. Warner on Julio Jones, but on one down, there's no problem with that. So listen to this. So you've seen Fred Warner cover Marquise Brown, one of the fastest guys in the league last year in the, in, in the Ravens game. He covers tight ends. He can cover Julio Jones for a down. So this is all stuff that he can do that is uh, that is the reason that he's being paid. Never mind the professionalism, the way he carries himself, the way that he leads, and him understanding what he's seeing. And also just the the way that the defense rallies around him. And I mean, it's just it's it the, the game is going towards speed, right? And then again, another discussion that annoyed me right away because as 49er fans, we can we we just have to compare, right? Everything can't just be, oh my goodness, he's really great. It's oh, is he better than Patrick Willis? Well, Jesus, man, like what do you like? Patrick Willis was like seven straight Pro Bowls, first player to ever do that at the at the position. And yep. might I add, in a short few years that he stopped playing, the game has changed. The game is speed. Mm-hmm. It's not that's why you see so many safeties converted into linebackers who play linebacker because you have to be able to cover these faster guys. Guys aren't built the same, and that's just a, a few short years ago how long ago uh, Patrick Willis was playing. So it's not like 
it's not like you're comparing apples to apples. There's got to be context in between. So Fred Warner is built for today's game with speed, yep. being able to cover linebackers, being able to cover wide receivers, on top of knowing what he's doing. He's a professional. He took every single snap at OTAs when he could have said, hey, I don't have a deal. I'm just going to go work off on the side, and, and you let me know when my deal is ready. No, he carries himself that way with a quiet confidence. That's why so many people, when people were wondering what jersey to get, everybody was running to Fred Warner. Why? Because he's going to be here for mm -hmm. a long time, and that's a jersey of a guy that you want. Uh, just uh, look you can't be rigid in the way that you evaluate things right yes. so yes you're right you don't pay a middle of the road linebacker middle linebacker you know uh, a bunch of money but that's not fred warner there has to be some sort of context to it fred warner is different there's a tier yes. of different and then there's middle linebackers fred warner's at the top of that and what he does is invaluable he just he's mm -hmm. worth every single penny there there's my ring I guess I guess the uh, comparison we already set up was uh, you're not giving that money to a Blake Martinez. You're giving it to a Fred Warner, Thank who you. like like he's so damn good. He he's he's everywhere. Like he has a little bit of that that Patrick Willis in him, where he's just kind of everywhere the ball is. You can kind you you know where he is on the field. You just look for the ball, and 54 odds are is there. He something about him. It, it, the Niners are just really good at churning out linebackers. I mean, starting with Patrick Willis, Navarro Bowman, you get that one year of Chris Borland uh, into Fred Warner, and, and hopefully Dre Greenlaw develops into it, right? Like, you want to see that because if they can get that one-two punch, especially with how often – I mean, I, I know they run a 4-3, but more, more often than not, it's it's more I mean, you know I, I don't I don't want to dive in too deep on the X's and O aspects I'm not the best at it, uh, but but they they do put a lot on Greenlaw and Warner you know just by themselves on the field because Greenlaw can play as that that you know that that cover guy, and and he can play as you said every so often you're okay with him taking on a Julio Jones or a quicker guy you know it, it's it's kind of insane like we talk about Hufanga. Coming up as a safety, he can drop down as a linebacker. You you could almost drop back Fred Warner every so often, you know, like that. Not like a deep back safety, but somebody who can guard a receiver uh, very well. Um, so so there's the two top guys. Is there anybody other than Demetrius Flanagan uh, Foles that that we we've already kind of touched on that that you have an, an in, interested eye going into training camp with? Yeah, I kind of want to see what happens with Justin Hilliard. Um, I, I want to read off his draft profile just so uh, so I don't miss anything. Um, strength showed tremendous resilience and perseverance over six years. I don't know what that means. Motor is cranked up to 100 at all times, charged through gaps and looks to attack blocking scheme, took an expanded role and played well over his final three games. Major factor is core special teamer. 19 career tackles on kick and punt returns. He has injury, uh, injury concerns, um, 84 career tackles in 47 games. I mean, honestly, after the, the, the top tier of uh, – linebackers it's really hard to get excited about anybody else i'm really excited to see maybe if hufanga can can be that hybrid uh type where he can maybe be on the field with ward and tart and you know who knows i mean honestly yeah. after the first two it's really really just anybody's guess um and and they'll find ways to figure that out al shair um is somebody that that if he can really take uh the next step next year like he really needs to take one more good step then this linebacker core is set so realistically, you're looking at your top three, just of Warner, Greenlaw, Al Shair, and uh, and yeah, you should be fine if, if Al Shair improves even a little bit from last year. Yeah, Aziz Al Shair is one that I've always been interested in. He's he, you know, he feels like he's been here for a bit. He 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 he's usually the first guy who steps in if a player has to miss a down. He's he's been decent for the Niners. I know he he's been here for a few years. He's not 
one of the well-known names quite yet, but I think he has the potential to be one of those guys um, that, that we talk about, like as that quiet, nobody really knows him around the league, but he's, he's pretty good. He's, he's a well-kept secret. I'm excited for him. James Burgess too. I don't know exactly where he fits in, uh, but I, I'm, I'm interested just because he's a name that you kind of know at this point, uh, you know, not exactly what he's been expected to be, but you know, he's been good enough to get a fifth chance. With, with a different team. And as I said, he's been with five different teams over his career. So we'll, we'll see if he, he makes a spot, see if he can make an impact in any way. Um, yeah, you got, you got something, Jason. Let's do it. Yeah. I know, I know that I know that we were going to be talking linebackers and everything, but I think we should touch on some news that came out today that kind of affects the 49ers because okay. um, so Aaron Rodgers is back. Aaron Rodgers is back. So we thought week three was going to be uh, Blake Bortles against uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, and it seems like Aaron Rodgers is going to be there. So so when we did our preview show of, uh, hey, wins, losses, right, we kind of went under the assumption that we thought that Aaron Rodgers wasn't going to be there. Aaron mm-hmm. Rodgers is going to be there now, and that game, the home opener, has just jumped from, you know, like a 10 to a 20 now at this point. Um, here's the thing. With, uh, with them – it's it's realistically, and this is what it correlates to with the 49ers. Um we thought it, it's the Bucks, right? We thought it was the Bucks, and then a, a like a tier down is every single team in the NFC West, okay. as long as Aaron Rodgers isn't there. Now is it Bucks, Packers, and then everybody, or is it Bucks, Niners? You know, like so the 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 NFC kind of shakes out a little bit differently now because we assume the Packers were gonna be out of the way, right? There's no way that they can do anything good with either Jordan Love or Blake Bortles. Now Aaron Rodgers is back one more year. Devontae Adams is gonna be back. That team won 13 games back-to-back years. It's not like you can just sit there and dismiss them. I understand that the 49ers dismantled them in 2019. Um, mm-hmm. but at the same time, this isn't a team that's going anywhere, at least this year. Oh yeah, the 2020 Packers I think are better off against the 2019 Niners. Like I, I think that's known. Um, I mean, they they were significantly better last year than they were in 2019. So I'm more I'm I'm excited for that game because we're going to get to see what what could have been last year if the Niners and Packers matched up. Uh, you know, fully healthy because I, I have no doubt that the Niners and Packers would have met in the playoffs if the Niners stay healthy. I I, I think that's just kind of how it usually works. The Niners and Packers always seem to find each other in the playoffs. And, and so that's something I'm excited for week three, because now you get the all in Packers. Like, I mean, there was a, there was a three minute span the other day where it's like, Oh, the Packers might not have Rogers or Devonte Adams. Like what's going on here. Now they're going to be, now they're going to have both. They're going to be full on like what we expect from the green Bay Packers. Uh, and we cannot like the last thing I want to see going into week three, if the Niners are two and zero and the Packers are two and zero, is people saying, yeah, this is a win for the Niners. You see how easily they did in 2019. Like Nick Bosa is going to have, no, we cannot do that. We absolutely cannot do that because this might be a little bit of a, because the assumption could be is that this might be Rogers last year in green Bay. It sounds like they're working on a deal to get him one more year and go. This could be an ultimate, FU Green Bay year where he's like, I'm going to go off, have an MVP season, and I am out of here. I'm going to show you guys what you're missing. So this Packers team is different. And this week three game, we had a little bit of a, you know, you, you wrote it in a pencil, circled it in pencil, just in case you have to erase it because Aaron Rodgers is going to the Broncos. Uh, Sharpie, red Sharpie, whatever it is, circle that game. Yeah, that's a big game now. And I, you know what? Look, 
I want the 49ers to win games, but man, home opener, Sunday night football, Green Bay against the 49ers, you know, whoever's going to be starting a quarterback, man, that game is going to be juiced. And anybody who tells you that they didn't want Aaron Rodgers to play, okay, you probably wanted the win, but I would much rather beat Aaron Rodgers and that team at full strength. And I think that anybody should want to beat the team at full strength. There's a good question from Tony here. Tony, thank you, man, for the question. You're always uh, you're always live in our chat. Um, do you think Ebukam is going to play some Sam? Um, linebacker and that's a good one because technically right so they they have Ebukam as like an edge but he is a mm-hmm. linebacker though so that that is a good um yes that is a good question so I think he will and I think that a lot of what they're going to do um in terms of you know you've heard D'Amico Ryan say yes we're going to be blitzing a little bit more we're going to be a lot more aggressive and you've heard it from players this is something that I feel like they've discussed especially when you're talking about guys who have come back you know, for on one-year deals and, and things like that. They'll probably show Ebukam at the line a lot, have him drop back into coverage to, to disguise some things. So he's a chess piece, man. I think they can move him around as much as uh, as much as possible. And I think that uh, he's going to be fine in that turbo package. And we're also starting to get – I don't want – look, I don't want to get excited. We're starting to get some rumblings of D Ford yeah. might be playing. And, and, and realistically, guys, when, you know, when this news came out, D4 doesn't have to play anything other than passing downs. That's yep. it. I don't want to see him on running um, on, on a potential running situations. I don't want to see him on first down. Third downs, when you got to go get the quarterback, bring D4, like get him out of the ice chamber, put him on the field, and then bring him right back in. Like that's realistically for the impact that D4 should have on his defense. It should just be on strict passing downs. That's it. That's it. That's it. So it's going to be interesting to see how they pair him and D Ford. So it's good to get all these, this news together because D Ford is technically a linebacker, right? He's an A. Yeah. So, so that's another person that we kind of have to talk about as well too. So it's really good that, uh, that you're hearing all these things and the front office seems like they're, they think it's going to happen. And, and, and there's rumblings that it's going to, you know, Fred Warner said he looks great and he's ready to go. I, Fred Warner's never told a lie in my book. I don't think he's ever lied. I don't think he ever will. So it's really interesting to figure out how they plan to use them. Do they plan to flip them? Do they plan to use them at the same time? It, it's going to be really interesting. But both of those guys are wild cards. Yeah, and, and I, sh- I should have said it. Uh, Jason and I had internal conversations where we counted Edge as defensive linemen. So we will cover all your defensive linemen need uh, uh, in whenever that episode may be. Uh, but in terms of Ebukam going to Sam, yeah, he's probably – for the sake of this episode, yeah, he'd probably be the guy. I see Jesse Rodriguez asking Hufanga playing Sam. Uh, I think you could see him on rotational situations. But I, everything perfect in terms of health. Uh, Ebukam's playing that Sam linebacker maybe almost every down. But then on those pass rush situations, D Ford 100% needs to be in. D Ford, I mean, what what was the uh, what was the word the Chiefs used for him? He was a Sunday player. Like, yeah, that's it. That's it. You never, you shouldn't practice him. And and this is bit, and this is, I think, a little bit of way the 49ers mishandled him. And he is definitely is a Sunday player. Don't practice him. Get him ready for the game and get him up on Sunday. That's it. Just make sure he gets to Sunday, realistically. Yeah, no, it's, um, if D4, oh my God, like, it's exciting. It, yeah. If D Ford can be healthy, like, those third downs, you got Armstead and Bosa and, and uh, Ford, and it's just uh, – it's hard not to get excited. It, like, this is – I guess that's the fun thing of a new season, right, Jason, is, like, we can talk about these these fun thoughts because it's a, it's a new year, man. Like, it, it's it's like the new school year. You know, your sophomore year is your sophomore year. You're a junior now. You're another year older. It's a little more exciting. You can pretend like you're going to actually study for three hours a night and, and say you're going to do it and make it a plan and then have it, you know – 
what actually happens happens but hey we're we're almost in august which I, like that's our benchmark is august 1st man that's when it's really fun i know we got what's coming up this week and which i'm sure you want to touch on in a second here um it's it's exciting and if the niners can get d ford a healthy d ford and have him be a very 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 important rotational piece the niners defense is only going to be better for it Absolutely. And, and, you know, your, your, the interior and, and Javi and, and Jordan, they pointed it out on Twitter. It's a, it's a fearsome group right now with Kerr, Mo Hurst, Kinlaw on the inside. And there's a lot of inkling of, you know, and these guys are the ones who are pointed out because they're much smarter than I am. It is, Hey, what, uh, what are they trying to bring in maybe more pressure from the inside as opposed to just mm-hmm. straight up like on the edges? And and that's something that's interesting. So I uh, I'm excited for that group, but that's a defensive line thing. That's something that's completely different, mm-hmm. but you know, D for the Ebucom, they, they uh, technically linebackers when you, you know, when you look at their position, but again, they're just moved around and, and everything. So we had to touch on them real quick. Do we want to spin the wheel or do we just want to go straight to D line next episode? Uh, we could, I mean, the next episode is going to be camp, uh, largely camp based, you know, because camp opens tomorrow. I'll be flying out Thursday. So, uh, I'll be, I'll be around there Thursday probably. Um, so, I mean, I'm not going to be there for, for the practice on Thursday because, uh, of what, what time I land, but, uh, but yes, Thursday I'll be out there and, and, and anything from now on is going to be camp. And then probably we'll have to divvy off into a whole other, uh, episode. So one will be camp, one will have to be like a positional thing, but you know, there's too much to talk about with camp and everything around. So we'll see what's, uh, what's going on. Uh, it's tomorrow. It's, it's unbelievable. It's tomorrow. Yeah. I can't believe it. If, it almost feels like yesterday we were arguing about the draft and now all of a sudden, like we're, we're pretty much there. I mean, tomorrow with camp starting, that's like the first real feel that the season's coming up. And then obviously the preseason games, uh, Jason, do you have any last thoughts on linebackers then before we, we get out of here? Nope. Just batting down the hatches because tomorrow starts the fields and, and fields the Lance and Jimmy talk. Even more. Wait, it starts it? It starts the conversation? It should start it. I mean, people have been arguing. You know, like today, the, the tweet floating around, this is so. This is how annoying this, this has gotten. Someone sent out a tweet talking about Jimmy Garoppolo threw a 70-yard pass at a private workout. Okay, BS. There was no private workout. There was no 70-yard pass. And the people who want their confirmation bias are out here, oh, oh my God, you see? The boy's ready to work. Shut up. Can you look at Can you look at who else reported it? No one reported that. And now all of a sudden you're taking it and running with it? God, I can't wait for tomorrow because then at least people could say, man, Lance had a good day or Jimmy had a bad day or Jimmy had a bad day and Lance had a good day as opposed to people making stuff up and yeah. trying to run for confirmation bias. God, I'm tired of it. So we're just not going to talk about how Raheem Mostert ran a 3.940 in my head? Yeah, there you go. And and you know what else? I deadlifted 675 pounds yesterday in a private workout. Private workout. I was there. I can confirm that, Jason. Um, all right, man. Well, it sounds like we have some conversing to do regarding our next episode and the exact plans for that. So when we find that out, we will give it to the people. Jason, any final general thoughts on anything you want to mention before we get out of here? No, nah, the Yankees stink, and I'm tired of them, so I stopped watching them. So, yeah, I mean, that's it. I can't wait to get out there to uh, Cali, and uh, I can't wait to, to you know, link up with people and, you know, just get football going. And, you know, it's an exciting time. So trying to trying to make sure everything is ready to go mm-hmm. before we go, make sure all the content's straight, and then yep. uh, it's all systems go this week. So uh, just 49er fans, it's, it's back. It's football season, man. I'm, I'm so excited. 
Jason Aponte is the busiest man on 49ers Twitter. That is a fact. Uh, Jason, I hope you have a good trip over to this side of the country. Um, and I am like, for real, sorry about the Yankees. That's a, that's a brutal, brutal series. And like, usually I have jokes ready to go. And I just, I don't even want to touch that. Cause yeah, all the wild quick, pitches, the no hitter going into the eighth, all that, that's just, that sucks. Real quick. The thing is, is that like the, the Yankees, the, the Yankees had won like nine of 12, right. But it, those three losses were literally the worst kind of ways that you could have mm-hmm. lost a game. So it's like, it's not even like, hey, they just got outclassed. It's literally six runs to the Astros in the, in the ninth inning. You know, uh, the, the the game that you're talking about with all the wild pitches after they took the lead, a no-hitter going into the eighth. I didn't even watch that game. I don't care. After that first Red Sox game, I was like, all right, this season's cooked. I don't care anymore. It doesn't matter. And uh, Tony, thank you for the donation. I appreciate you, man, um, for some in and out. Yes, finally I get to try it so I can mm-hmm. hear what you guys are always yelling out yeah. about. And don't ask me for my review because I don't want to partake in what's better. I'm just going to have it, and I'm just going to sit with my thoughts by myself. Like, I don't want to have the discussion. I don't want to have it. That, that, that'll be that'll be the tease for the next episode. First question, how was in and out And there's no discourse. I'll just let you say your bit, and then we will talk about the 49ers. Uh, yeah, no. Um, as I said, I am sorry about the New York Yankees, but hey – at least you'll get another week of fake hope if they get Trevor's story. So that, that'll be nah, fun. nah, nope. <laughs> He's just Jason is done with the Yankees. It done. is officially football season. The Yankees are dead. You done. heard it here on the Sprint Ride Option podcast first. Jason Aponte, as always. Go Niners, and I hate you, Yankees. Go Niners.